The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Make the most of your life. When you remove the blocks that are holding you back, you can bring inspiration, passion, and purpose to yourself and those around you. This is the Hoffman Connection with your hosts, Raz Ingrassi and Ed McClune. Our hosts and their guests will give you the tools that you need to improve yourself by bringing you closer to what really matters. Now, here's your host. Ed, can you hear the show? I'm hearing nothing from them. That's me either, but I think we're on. Okay. This is Raz and Grassi. Welcome to the Hoffman Connection. I couldn't quite hear the audio feed here, so I wasn't sure when we were starting. But we're coming to you again live from Northern California. Uh, I'm, uh, been, I've been involved with the Hoffman Institute for over 20 years, as has my co-host Ed McClune. We're both teachers. Ed's a therapist. And if you've never heard of the Hoffman Institute, we're celebrating 45 years as a leading personal development program worldwide, helping people who are serious about change. We have 16 sites across 11 countries. We've helped about 85 or 90,000 people uh, in, in our time. And the Hoffman Process, which is our signature program, is an amazing eight-day residential retreat of personal development, personal discovery, and you will be so glad you did it. You'll never be the same after, and that's, that's a wonderful thing to say in the, in the sense of you'll feel like you've grown so much in that short period of time. Ed, you're here, aren't you? You have a few words? I am, and all that stuff you said is true. You know, we, we put the process on in the United States about 30 times a year at our site in Northern California and also on the East Coast. And the purpose of our show today is to bring you connection, inspiration, and today some incredible education on how you can connect to a life you love. Um, if you're interested more about the Hoffman Institute and our courses, you can always go to hoffmaninstitute.org, our website. And there, amongst other things, you can find information about a free weekly introduction call um, that you can find out more about the Hoffman process, which occurs every Tuesday afternoon at 5 o'clock Pacific time. So to bring you to this afternoon's guest, we'll throw it back to you, Raz. Thanks, Ed. Uh, joining us today is Dr. David Hanscom, who is an orthopedic surgeon specializing in the surgical correction of complex spine problems. Starting about 11 years ago, in 2001, he began to share his own stress management tools with pain patients, and he embarked on a career of rehabilitation for patients and physicians alike in learning non-operative care. His book, Back in Control, A Spine Surgeon's Roadmap Out of Chronic Pain, is the basis of the structured spine care program that he's developed. He also has other books in progress, such as When Your Spine Surgeon Says No, Listen, The Curse of Consciousness, and Awake at the Wound. David is a highly productive man and has a lot to share with us. David, welcome to the show. 
Thank you very much, Raz. I'm very excited to be here today. We're glad to have you. David, tell us, tell the listeners, what is the mind-body syndrome and how does that relate to chronic pain? So in Western medicine, we're very focused on finding a source of pain, but people have to understand that the brain is connected either chemically or neurologically to every cell in your body. So the brain can pick its choice of symptoms. It can do anything it wants. So for instance, there's a disease called fibromyalgia, which affects the whole body. And physicians, including myself, have sort of thought that's sort of a marginal diagnosis and people just can't deal with pain. When they do these research MRI scans of people's brain, the entire brain lights up like a Christmas tree. So what happens, your brain is literally short-circuiting. So your brain literally can choose its symptoms by means of pathways. Okay. And there are a lot of people in chronic pain in the United States. I've heard some estimates of up to half of the people have chronic pain at some point in their life. And, and so this is something of major importance to everyone. Uh, the, the, brain, the brain selects its, did you say selects its symptoms? Well, chronic pain actually happens to be one of the classic symptoms, and it's a very tricky interaction. If you think in terms of pathways, with as far as pain goes, there's three sources of pain. There's a structural problem like a pinched nerve with matching symptoms, or soft tissue pain like muscles in the back, or the brain itself, again, by mind-body syndrome, can create its own symptoms. What happens, it doesn't really matter where the source of the pain comes from. With repetition, your brain lays down pathways just like an athlete or an artist. Once a pathway is in your brain, it cannot be changed. It's permanent. So the problem with pain pathways is that they come in so fast, they probably get laid down in three or four months. So once you know how to ride a bicycle, you actually cannot unlearn how to ride a bicycle. You actually have these pain pathways that are permanent. So it's a problem. And so traditional psychology does not work in chronic pain because all you do is reinforce the pathways, but you're not solving the problem. So how do you approach it? Uh, and excuse me, but uh, what, I'm, what I'm getting here is, uh, and let me, I'm going to try to feed, feed it back to you, is that the brain lays down these pathways, and once they're laid down, they're permanent, and, and they don't change. So it sounds hopeless. <laughs> Correct. Well, and for guess, most people, it sort of has been hopeless. It's been a big problem. That's the hopelessness of chronic pain. And so then what do you what do? You do? What is your intervention? Well, let me just bring one more facet to it. <clears throat> if you put your hand over a hot stove, you have anxiety, and you pull your hand away. If I forced you to hold your hand over a hot stove, not only would your anxiety go up, but your anger frustration factor would go through the roof. So we also know anxiety is a pathways problem, and that anger is also a pathways problem. So it's not only chronic pain that gets reinforced, I call it the terrifying triad, anger, pain, and anxiety all become permanent pathways. So what happens, the same way pathways are formed, you can create detours around the pathways that are there. And with repetition, as the brain switches, switches into these new pathways, the pain literally goes away. So the pathways are always there. In other words, they can be triggered again in the future, but you recognize the triggers, you pull out of the pathways very quickly, and as you unlink from these old pathways, literally, it's like pulling the plug on the pain. 
So we probably have four or 500 patients that have gone to pain-free in the last two or three years. Really? So, it's so you're, you're laying down these, helping them lay down new pathways, and in the new pathways, um, I guess you've done a detour around anger, pain, and anxiety, or anger and anxiety, and then pain is triggered a lot less. Correct. And I also talk about anger being the continental divide of chronic pain. Mm-hmm. In other words, people get so frustrated with chronic pain, they are so trapped, that I call it the abyss. And then you get bounced around the medical system, you get promise after promise after promise, test after test after test in treatments, and so the frustration factor becomes almost indescribable. So what happens is that anger and pain get incredibly linked, and then of course you have anger in other parts of your life or frustration in the other parts of your life. So my patients that are good at this realize that when their pain goes up, their frustration goes up, but also when their frustration goes up, their pain goes up. So I, the key issue where people literally go pain-free is, is when you can break up that axis. Uh-huh. Okay, and so you're helping them to break, and how do you help them break up that axis? Well, it's a sequence, and what we've learned is that anxiety is a starting point, is mm-hmm. that that's a pathways issue, and there's a simple, uh, simple exercise that I learned from this book, Feeling Good by David Burns, And you simply write down your negative thoughts, and you throw them away. And you're not writing to get rid of the thoughts. You're writing to separate from the thoughts. And so what it does, it instantly starts dropping your anxiety very, very quickly. And the more negative the thoughts, the more effective the process. And it's been shown out of a Harvard Harvard experiment, the obvious, the more you try not to think about something, of course, you think about it more, but the doctor out of Wagner showed that you think about it a lot more. In other words, it's a trampoline effect. So if you think about the pain, of course, the anxiety, frustration go up. You try not to think about the pain, it gets even worse. So the simple act of simply writing down the anxiety and frustration around pain starts breaking up the circuits. Hmm. It really starts getting it outside of you. Correct. And within two the to four act weeks. Of writing it literally puts it outside of you for a moment or two and it begins to break it up. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Right. So there's, well, three, there's, there's three parts to these, this reprogramming process. There's awareness, detachment, reprogramming. And what the writing does, it does two of the steps right from the beginning. You become aware of the thoughts, and you have a space between you and the thoughts, which is the detachment process. And that space is now connected with vision and feel. In other words, you've connected a thought with a physical sensation. That's how you create pathways. So the writing is a foundation. It's not the end answer point, but it's a major, major starting point. And then it's a Hoffman concept, of course, is about creating new pathways. And so Hoffman does the same thing. You have a very organized awareness process. You have a very intense detachment process with the bashing, et cetera. And then the reprogramming course is brilliant. You have music, art, mindfulness, meditation, that's where psychology comes into play. And so this book, by the way, never would have been written without Hoffman. It was Hoffman that allowed me to clear up my thinking and realize that, wait a second, I'm doing a reprogramming process. My story is sort of by accident. And what the Hoffman process did, it clarified my thinking so I could think about it in a more logical manner. So inadvertently, I had been doing this then Hoffman gave me pretty much the language to actually put it on paper. Right. 
Well, I know Ed and I have both um, had the pleasure of working with you in Hoffman, so I know that you're a you're a man who does his own work and not just writes about it for other people. You have directly engaged your own life and um, and you know found what works for you and watched watched other people studied the Hoffman methodologies. So we're very pleased that you have found us to be uh, worthy of your attention and your work. And not only that, uh, as we just need to go to a break, but um, Dr. Hanscom has also given us a copy, or actually copies of his book, Back in Control, a Spine Surgeon's Roadmap Out of Chronic Pain, um, which sounds like an amazing story just in and of itself. And so um, that's available to people who are out there who would like to call in with questions of Dr. Hanscom. Our phone number to, to call is 866-472-5788, 866-472-5788. And we'll back in just a minute or so here on The Hoffman Connection. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are your unconscious patterns holding you back from a life you truly love? For 45 years, the Hoffman Process has helped people reclaim their ability to find love, forgiveness, and their true purpose in life. According to a University of California Davis study, Hoffman Process participants significantly increased their joy, satisfaction, and emotional intelligence on a sustained and lasting basis. For more information, visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Are you looking for more joy, satisfaction, and love in your life? The Hoffman Process can give you the foundation and tools you need to create your ideal future. Celebrating 45 years as the premier personal growth program, the Hoffman Process has helped over 80,000 people worldwide discover answers and guidance to help them find their best life ever. Visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org for more information. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Again, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Hoffman Connection. To reach Raz and Grossi, Ed McClune, or this week's guest, please call in to 1 866 472 5788. Again, that's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to radio at hoffmaninstitute.org. Now, back to our program. And welcome back to the Hoffman Connection. Sorry about whatever that, whatever that noise is. We're trying to, uh, to sort of search it out. Um, we're here with Dr. David Haskam. And David, you know, um, part of your personal story um, 
well, taking care of your own life in general and your own chronic pain is part of this story. From moving from a, a talented surgeon into this more holistic approach to looking at medicine and pain. You want to share a little bit about what your story is? So I was a, I, went, I came from an extremely abusive background as a child. And so the details don't really matter because a lot of people have been through difficult childhoods. And then, of course, Hoffman is all about abuse. So my family patterns were extremely deep. And when I was 15 years old, I basically shut the door on my past and just became sort of this straight-A student, athlete, you know, residency, surgeons. The spine fellowship I went to was considered one of the top three in the world at the time. So when I was 20 years old, I didn't, I didn't even know what anxiety was. I had to look it up in the dictionary. And so at around age 30 to 40, I started having panic attacks, anxiety reactions, and I had no idea what was going on. And by the time I, around 1997, I developed a full-blown obsessive compulsive disorder, which is an extreme anxiety situation. Anyway, the bottom line is that every symptom that I talk about in the book, I've been through myself, without exception. So I've actually had 16 mind-body symptoms, including severe migraines, ringing in my ears, burning in my feet, etc., chronic pain in my back, every one of those symptoms is gone. So I've not had a migraine headache now for about three years, and I'd had them every one to two weeks my entire life since I was five years old. So I came across the mind-body syndrome clearly by accident, and I had no idea. I simply muddled through it, and now looking backwards, I understand what happened, but it just took forever, and I actually almost didn't make it through. Um. You know, there's. It, it seems to me, at least historically, there's been a lot of stigma around mind-body. You know, people are, oh, it's they're not really suffering. It's just some psychosomatic suffering that they're bringing upon themselves. You know, if they were mentally healthier, they wouldn't be feeling this pain. How do you how do you draw the line in the sand? Um, as far as you know, helping people see that their symptoms are not just physical. So the symptoms are physical. In other words, I um, had severe burning in my feet. Those are very physical symptoms. My migraine headaches. I was off my feet for days. So irritable bowel. <clears throat> people get really bad stomach cramps. So people forget the brain can generate the symptoms. So they are real symptoms. So the problem is the psychosomatic has become sort of a loaded word. And the mind-body connection is probably a simpler way of thinking about it. Hoffman actually inadvertently treats your entire life as mind-body syndrome. In other words, you have a stimulus-response, stimulus-response, and as Hoffman graduates know, you have a stimulus, sort of an automatic response, and as you become aware of the automatic response, you then make a choice to do a different response. So two things that do not work in chronic pain are positive thinking and mind over matter, because you're just simply covering up whatever. So the first step is awareness. So, so as you become aware of that response, you make the different choice, your brain actually lays down new nerve cells and actually changes. So that's what's so powerful is that as you create a little bit of a space, your brain starts to change. And I think Raz has said this so well several times, you can't fix your brain, you simply can allow it to heal. And that for me has been one of the most powerful concepts. So with repetition, these pathways, the new pathways become very, very, ingrained and your life changes dramatically. 
Is there a difference between the, sort of the genesis of the pain? So when we're talking about irritable bowel or maybe to some degree migraines, those could be self-created out of stress or habitual stress. But then there's, um, you know, falling down or, or whiplash or something else that I understand different people with the same injury might experience pain very differently, even though the actual trauma, physical trauma, is the same. Well, again, the circumstances in age make a difference. In other words, first of all, if you look at anxiety as a pathways issue, as you get older, your anxiety simply gets worse with repetition. And so somebody had the same whiplash at age 20, may have the same injury at age 40, but the nervous system is completely different. So even the same person is a different situation. So that's why a relatively small injury can set off a horrible cascade of events when the same person, a relatively significant injury at a younger age, doesn't bother very much at all. So stress is an issue, but stress is not the problem. It's your reaction to the stress. I mean, I probably have four times the amount of stress on my plate right this second than I did 10 years ago when I broke. I mean, I, I broke. I completely broke. So it's not the stress, it's your reaction to it. That's the problem. And, and the reaction. You, oh, go yeah. ahead, Russ. I just want to ask, when you want to, when you, to lay down these new neural pathways, um, I, I picked up on something you said earlier, and I have a question about it. Is it. Would you say that the pathways are not laid down through positive repetition of alternative ways of thinking? How are they laid down? Okay, so, so here's the thing. So positive thinking is a way of suppressing negative thinking, correct? Okay. If something's bad, it's bad. And again, this is a very Hoffman process, is that your emotional range increases. So if you're sad, you're sad. If you're happy, you're happy, correct? Correct. So what happens is that positive thinking, if something's bad, you're trying to look at the good side, et cetera, and you're trying to minimize your suffering. It, suffering is what it is. You have to suffer if there's suffering to be done. But you also don't get to be as happy either. So by trying to control these pathways with your mind, in other words, you cannot control your mind with your mind, but you can calm down your mind with your body. So as you know, Hoffman is a huge amount about somatic work. And so a lot of the physical things that are done in Hoffman are very, very effective in this whole chronic pain process and also anxiety. But you've literally had through the work you're doing now, hundreds of chronic pain. I mean, as some hundreds of chronic pain patients go pain-free. And so you're a back surgeon. Correct. And at some point, did it occur to you that more than being a back surgeon, you were in the chronic pain business and start wondering what is the relationship between the chronic pain and the need for surgery and did your, was your surgery producing as much pain relief as you wanted or as a person needed? What was the relationship between the surgeries you were doing and relieving pain in people and what you're doing now? So what I have found out, it's a bit of a story, but I'll just cut it short in that if you go to a surgeon with a structural problem, in other words, in a, an identifiable lesion with matching symptoms, our success rate is literally 100%. If you go to a surgeon, we can't really see where the pain's coming from, but you do an operation anyway, the success is less than 25%. So in fact, for 
a fusion for low back pain has about a 25% success rate. So it's like going to the dentist with an infected tooth. If you solve the tooth problem, why is the pain is going to go away? If you go to a dentist with just mouth pain and you start doing procedures, the chance of working is very, very low. So it's my strong feeling that probably about 60% of spine surgery should never, ever be done. Really? At least. And the problem is you have the first operation that doesn't work, and then I'm a salvage surgeon. In other words, I see people have had 5, 10, 15 operations. I think their record right now is 28, 28 operations in 24 years. So the stories I see are, are horrendous. And I slowly realized that if I just did the next surgery, that they weren't working very well even in my hands. So whenever I do surgery, even with a structural problem, the surgery is about a third of the solution, the rehab is about a third, and the pathways are at least a third, but they're also the trump card. So I can do a perfect structural operation if I don't deal with the pathways, just like phantom limb pain, the pain may not go away. So our surgical results have become much better even in structural problems by acknowledging and dealing with the pathways. Uh-huh. So basically the person's, the, 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 the pain or perhaps the injury has created pathways Correct. that are still active even though you may have remedied the actual initial cause with the Correct. surgery. Correct. And so then, um, can you say more about, I mean, this is obviously groundbreaking work and to say you know, that perhaps as many as 60% or more of spine surgeries aren't necessarily required. It probably isn't making you friends in certain communities of medicine. How are you integrating this into the wider um, medical field that what your findings and what you're learning, um, you know, how to convert the, the medical process? Well, I do think that surgeons are very well-meaning. In other words, I don't think surgeons are consciously doing unnecessary surgery. So I was one of the surgeons who have been on both sides of this fence. I spent almost 10 years doing this surgery. And it's just the way we're trained. I had no idea about my body syndrome. So once a given surgeon becomes aware of the problem, they, they really do stop doing the surgery or they'll, they'll do a different process. But I think the surgeons are doing simply what they're trained to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, chronic pain is actually more of a neurological, a neurological diagnosis than it is a structural one. And so right now there's a, a major cultural training problem is that we, you know, Dr. Sarno described this in 1980 and I blew it off. I simply ignored it. I thought this is just crazy. And it wasn't until I went through my pretty harsh personal experience that I realized that he was absolutely correct. So, yeah, I remember when Sarno started speaking about back pain and, the, and correlating it to anger. And you're doing the same thing. Well, and I, I came from broadly. a different... Right. So it wasn't... Uh, Dr. Schumer, who, Brad, I think you met, trained okay. with Dr. Sarno, and he was the one that put the word mind-body syndrome to what we were doing somewhat inadvertently. Schumer, so, yeah. yeah. no, Dr. Sarno was brilliant and recognized the link between rage and pain. And what I've now seen how... Of course, now we have the neuroscience research now at Stanford... In San Diego, is now documenting on these scans that these pathways really do light up. They really do go away with um, appropriate treatment. We're just about to go to, to break here. And, you know, Dr. David Hanscom is our guest. Um, we're giving away copies of his book, Back in Control, a Spine Surgeon's Roadmap Out of Chronic Pain. And um, as you get a sense from, from listening to this 
leader in the medical field, you know, that's actually having an impact on many patients' life. People have been suffering for a long time. I think you also get a sense of um, some of the value that the Hoffman Institute is providing. And we'd like to just uh, put this moment in the show to let you know that our end of year giving campaign is going on. Um, if you'd like to help our nonprofit organization continue to benefit students and to continue to teach training or train teachers and outreach into the community in a variety of different ways, um, please uh, check in our website, Hoffman Institute. Org. And don't forget to join our team on Facebook and Twitter, etc., etc. It's all there at HoffmanInstitute.org. We'll be back for the second half of our show in just a couple minutes here on the Hoffman Connection. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you looking for more joy, satisfaction, and love in your life? The Hoffman Process can give you the foundation and tools you need to create your ideal future. Celebrating 45 years as the premier personal growth program, the Hoffman Process has helped over 80,000 people worldwide discover answers and guidance to help them find their best life ever. Visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org for more information. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Again, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Are your unconscious patterns holding you back from a life you truly love? For 45 years, the Hoffman Process has helped people reclaim their ability to find love, forgiveness, and their true purpose in life. According to a University of California Davis study, Hoffman Process participants significantly increased their joy, satisfaction, and emotional intelligence on a sustained and lasting basis. For more information, visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to The Hoffman Connection. To reach Raz and Grossi, Ed McClune, or this week's guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to radio at hoffmaninstitute.org. Now, back to our program. Hello, this is Raz Grassi here with Ed, my, my co-host, Ed McClune. And we're talking with Dr. David Hanscom, who's been a spine surgeon for a long time. And David, how, many, how long have you been a spine surgeon? Uh, 26 years. 26 years. And... Uh, some, some time ago, about 12 years ago, 11, 12 years ago, David started recognizing somewhat through his own path of healing that there is something called the mind-body syndrome and that the brain can create pain as well as register pain from the body. It can actually create pain in the body. And David has been working on this ever since, and, and he is now identifies himself as being in the chronic pain business, not just a spine surgeon. And he's relieving chronic pain through helping people to identify the mind-body syndrome and, uh, and disconnect or 
detach from their pain and reprogram it. But David, uh, your education is really an educational issue as I'm listening to you, the more I'm listening to you. Uh, why don't we teach this in, in schools? How, how do we address this in, in society? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, our culture in general is pretty focused on solutions and concrete solutions. And what I find sobering is that the mind-body syndrome is universal. In other words, if you look at the list of Dr. Schumer's 33 symptoms, which include anxiety, depression, eating issues, body image issues, et cetera, every human being has these things. So every, being, every human being has anxiety. I mean, you need anxiety to survive. Right. So as, since, we, since it's a survival emotion, we do everything we can to avoid it. We also spend a lot of energy trying to act like we don't have anxiety. So my feeling is if we can just simply, and physicians in general are particularly like that. I mean, we're supposed to be above this whole thing. So as far as actually breaking through and educating medicine and the public, it's, this is a very difficult process because our paradigm is really about fixing, not looking at neurology. Uh-huh. So I don't know. I think, it's, I think this disconnect is, is, is a bummer because if you look at the 33 mind-body symptoms, we're spending hundreds of billions of dollars treating symptoms. We're actually treating, treating the root cause is actually quite simple. So the, the tragedy is that this is an incredibly treatable problem, not just the chronic pain, but with many, many other symptoms that are costing us literally hundreds of billions of dollars. And doctors are simply not taught this form of pain management or regulation of the body and how to pass that on to people. And we could be teaching this in schools. It's not medicine. Well, I think it's a public health issue. I think that I have several partners who now have their elementary school kids writing with nice results. And I think the stress management tools we're taught since childhood are simply wrong. We're taught about, well, you know how we're taught. In fact, in surgeons particularly, put your head down, positive thinking, and we're, we're basically very, very tough. And we are tough. The problem is that same toughness that takes you to the top is exactly what brings you down. So... The key issue with these kids in first and second grade would be resiliency, connection, et cetera, and the somatic tools. And we're really so focused on accomplishments and achievements that we don't allow that creativity and that nervous system to really mature at a level I think is correct. And we're also really self-critical, judgmental, which actually drives us even harder. Again, those are pathways that are very detrimental so I just think from the very beginning, if we looked at the whole mental health system in terms of pathways and not psychology, it would, be, it would be a completely different paradigm. Now, again, psychology has a wonderful role. I think I talked to you, Raz, before the show that there's a sequence where there's awareness, detachment, and reprogramming. And for a long time, we tried meditation and awareness and mindfulness as a first step, and it just didn't work. So the mechanical tools are very effective in starting the process. And then we find out that the psychologist I work with has a wonderful success rate moving people forward after they break through those, break through those initial circuits. So the three steps again are what? Awareness. Detachment. Detachment. And reprogramming. Now, when you say detachment, uh, what I'm picking up is awareness is intellectual. You, you know, you're, you're becoming aware of it. Detachment is, what, do you mean emotional detachment? Correct. Well, I mean, you can't control these circuits. And again, the writing is one concrete step that allows you to separate from those thoughts. But also, if you're an expert meditator, of course, you watch a thought come in, it passes through, and you let it go. 
So that's the same process, but it just takes more learning. That's what I personally do now on a regular basis. I watch these thoughts come in, they wander through, they leave. So you just learn not to react to those thoughts. Remember, it's not the stress that's a problem, it's not the stimulus, it's a response. But we find out that the writing exercises are more concrete and build a foundation to learn these later tools. The pain psychologist I work with is very practical and moves people forward using the same principles, but of course has a whole psychological perspective, which is very, very valuable. So I don't want to negate psychology at all, but I think it has a different role when it comes to mind-body syndrome. Okay, so if someone showed up, if I showed up in your clinic with pain, you would teach me these three steps, awareness, detachment, and reprogramming, right? Well, let me back up on this a little bit. So when you look at the book and look at the website, everybody's looking for that one answer for their pain, whether it's acupuncture, hypnosis, et cetera, physical therapy. And remember, there's a lot of things, there are a lot of things that affect pain, sleep, Repetition, anxiety, frustration, perspective, et cetera, physical conditioning. So to solve the pain problem, it's not just the writing, it's not just the sleep. You have to deal with every variable that affects pain. And when you hit every variable at the same time, problem solved. And it's actually not that hard to do. So we look at education, sleep, stress, medications, goal setting, conditioning. There's six parts. You don't have to memorize those. They're on the website. So there's basically six things, six areas that the project was called the DOC project, D-O-C-C project, stands for Defined Organized Comprehensive Care. All the project does, it provides a framework that allows you to pick your own care. So the title of the book is called Back in Control. And once you understand pain, basically you take charge. Every person that has gotten better has taken full responsibility for their care. No exceptions. And responsibility doesn't mean I'm to blame. It means I can do something about it. Absolutely. Now, tell us the website. It's back um, in back, hyphen it's, control. It's back hyphen in hyphen control dot com. Okay. And, the, and is the doc project on that website? Right. And so the book is called Back in Control, and the project is called the Doc Project, D-O-C-C. It stands for Define Organized Comprehensive Care. And notice it doesn't stand for coordinated care. In other words, people want to be choreographed and they want to go here, here, and here to get fixed. It's care that you, again, take charge of yourself. Okay. Oh, darn, I have to do it myself is, is the right. response. Right. right. Well, it's really a big thing right now because uh, uh, more and more we're, we're understanding that medicine and healing is uh, collaborative or participatory, and that it, it's not enough to have someone outside of us, uh, doctors, be responsible for our well-being. We need to participate with them, and uh, you know, it's a it's a collaborative approach. I'm sure that you're, you, David's never going to say that doctors are not needed. It's just that um, that oh darn does definitely come in there, though, doesn't it, Ed? <laughs> well, I mean, we become resources and coaches and cheerleaders. So that's what that's our role changes dramatically. So instead of having a passive, I'm going to fix, I'm going to be fixed by my physician. I can talk to my primary care about sleep. I can talk to my psychologist about stress. I can deal. And, and of course, the, the by the way, the website and the book is self-directed. So about two years ago, I realized that the majority of my, I'm sorry, the patients of mine who are getting better 
were doing 95% of it on their own. It wasn't really me. It was actually them. That's when the sequence evolved of five stages of five steps. It's about a year to year and a half process. But changes take place within four to six weeks. It's very, very exciting to watch. And I give a lecture called Enjoying the Management of Chronic Pain. And it's by far and away become the most rewarding part of my practice. And historically, like most physicians, I used to dread it because I felt, I mean, physicians dread chronic pain mostly because they don't, they don't know what to do. And that would include myself. So it's just become incredibly rewarding to see people get hope back, start to move forward. And it's just been really incredibly enjoyable. Something I never, ever would have anticipated in my career. Are right. You the basic, Go ahead, the basic message is that these neural networks are in place. And as physiological manifestations of something, they can be sidetracked, or you can create well, new networks around them. It's actually even more exciting than that. They actually found out in chronic pain, which is bad news, that with these new MRI scans, that your brain actually shrinks. So I have my thoughts about that, but they also did a study in 2006 where they measured medical students' brains the month before medical school started, and then they remeasured them three months later, and they found that there were two parts of their brains that grew. And when they scanned them six months later, they had stayed enlarged. So we now know there's a term called neuroplasticity, where at any age, you can stimulate your brain to actually grow new nerve cells in addition to new nerve connections. So it's not just an academic exercise. Your brain actually physically changes. And through techniques that the world is learning, and, and you are teaching amongst others, that we can start to actually, just like work out in the gym, we can start to take responsibility for certain neural networks. Absolutely. Isn't that amazing? Um, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, our guest is Dr. David Hanscom, an orthopedic surgeon specializing in surgical correction of complex spine problems. And he's written a book, which could be yours if you want to call in and get some more information or call in and ask a question of Dr. Hanscom. The book's called A Spine Surgeon's Roadmap Out of Chronic Pain. Uh, and um, if you'd like to get that number, it's uh, 866-472-5788, 866-472-5788. And we'll be right back in just a couple of minutes here on The Hoffman Connection. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are your unconscious patterns holding you back from a life you truly love? For 45 years, the Hoffman Process has helped people reclaim their ability to find love, forgiveness, and their true purpose in life. According to a University of California Davis study, Hoffman Process participants significantly increased their joy, satisfaction, and emotional intelligence on a sustained and lasting basis. For more information, visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Are you looking for more joy, satisfaction, and love in your life? 
the Hoffman process can give you the foundation and tools you need to create your ideal future. Celebrating 45 years as the premier personal growth program, the Hoffman process has helped over 80,000 people worldwide discover answers and guidance to help them find their best life ever. Visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org for more information. The Hoffman process, when you're serious about change. Again, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Hoffman Connection. To reach Raz and Grossi, Ed McClune, or this week's guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to radio at hoffmaninstitute.org. Now, back to our program. And welcome back to the Hoffman Connection with Raz and Grossi. I'm Ed McClune and our host, uh, spine surgeon, Dr. David Hanscom. And I'm just going to... I'm going to take advantage of free medical consultation here, just just to use me as an example of what we're talking about. So, you know, I've had knee pain since I was 14 or so and growing in strange spurts. And so, uh, you know, knowing from what we've said, and I'm not asking for a cure here, um, I know that there are now a pain pathway from my knees to my brain, so to Correct. speak. And it's not a big deal for me now. It might be later on as I age. But so just kind of using that as an example, I've got this chronic history which has created a network which responds in some idea of pain, some experience of pain. Um, what, what, are, what are tools or ideas when you were talking about reprogramming or practically messing, regrowing neural networks for me to make that a, a, a less of an experience? Well, first of all, how much does the knee bother you? Is it, is it a big deal or just sort it's of a nuisance? A, no, it's not a big deal now. And, and I'm so, so this is it. tricky because what happens in chronic pain where it affects your whole body, there's a lot of emotional layers added onto it with the anxiety, frustration. So what the writing does, et cetera, it peels off those layers. So a lot of people have much less pain, but they also also don't care about it as much. It doesn't really interfere with their life anymore, number one. Second of all, there's also the physical component, which is a reprogramming tool, is that we try to get every patient into the weight room. And so with repetition, your body is now focused on another set of physical sensations. So in your situation, there's probably not much to do as far as writing, et cetera, even though it's not a bad thing to do for other reasons, but probably the gym, probably getting on the weights, getting on the shuttle, taking the actual tissues that are uncomfortable and do light weights, high repetitions, and that change of physical sensation to that body changes the impulses. Right. So, And then I'm consciously paying attention to the new physical sensations, so thought and sensation is creating new networks. Correct. Okay. See, I'm, I've been listening. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, you're, you're in the practice. Have, has your um, surgery practice... Um, reduced over time since you've been um, changing the way you think about all this? Well, my surgical practice is still very busy, and I do a lot of, you know, salvage work or patients that have multiple failed surgeries. I do a lot of trauma, tumors, and infections, so I do a lot of structural surgeries still. I also teach the spine fellows. We actually teach athletic performance principles to our fellows. So a lot of the calming down tools that I teach my chronic pain patients actually teach my fellows. So a lot of what I learned about chronic pain, I actually learned in the operating room. 
So the practice is still very, very busy, but it's become much more enjoyable. Our results are simply better, more consistent. And so, yes, it's a busy surgical practice. Okay. But, um, but you must... How do you find time to do both? I mean, I just have this image that's in my mind that you must be doing fewer surgeries. Um, so you're still busy, I get that, but then when do you do this other part? Or do you have other people that are teaching the mind-body syndrome? So we now have about eight or ten physicians in Seattle that have helped me with the project. Okay. So I have one, I have one um, physician over at First Hill, the other campus, who has done a wonderful job with this. He has more resources than I have over here. And so, yeah, I don't think a surgical practice is the, is the best context for the process. So with my colleague, it's just been wonderful to watch him take off. It's been fantastic to watch. Then the, then the University of Washington is switching their model over to more of a mind-body model. And so it's sort of an outbreak of mind-body care in the Puget Sound area. It's slowly okay. taking effect. So, so it's being integrated uh, rather than something separate, which is where it was before. It was kind of divided up, and now it's all being integrated. So people are using a, a broader spectrum of skills. Correct. It's, it's still slow, but I say since Dr. Schumer gave the lecture here in Seattle a couple of years ago, and by the way, Raz was one of our keynote speakers. Yeah, it's it's really slowly um, coming to life. We're excited about it. Well, you should be. It's amazing. You know, and inside the Hoffman process, and I'm sure Ed can attest to this, and David, you've you've been there yourself any number of times in our, our programs. We see a lot of spontaneous remissions of the typical kinds of pains that you're talking about, the typical, typical symptoms such as migraines or, you know, IBS, eating disorders, anxiety, things like that, go, uh, depression, go way, way down or disappear. And it's not so much that we're trying to treat those as that people become more whole and people who are more whole and healthy just have fewer unwanted symptoms. Well, I tell people, I've actually sent about 10 patients down to Hoffman, as you well know, and it's been very, very helpful. But it has to be in context. In other words, you have to do some work ahead of time in chronic pain to really have Hoffman be effective. But no, I think Hoffman is actually, I think, the end run for chronic pain. It's not the starting place. It's a finishing point that really launches you into a different perspective. So as you know, with Hoffman, there's a whole part you know, about the spiritual journey, which I went in there very negative on that part of it and came out realizing that getting this perspective back in life, and to me, just getting perspective back is what that means, really shifts your nervous system into a completely different spot. So that's where I do think that hopping in the right point in time is sort of the end run for chronic pain. Fantastic. Well, we certainly agree with you that these all these different approaches that you're talking about, whether they're visualizations or meditation, and of course a lot of people have discovered things like art and music, even things like acupuncture and meditation or journaling are all ways of approaching things and becoming more conscious and then detaching from them and eventually reprogramming them. So I like that you've made it so simple and given people access to how it works. And, and yes, we at Hoffman are doing our part and giving I had to put one final plug in for healing. I had to put one final plug in for Hoffman. I mean, I went in there having no idea what I was getting into. And I only went because <laughs> my wife went. And, you know, I came out of there like a laser beam. <clears throat> I mean, my creativity went through the ceiling. My focus was 
unbelievable, and I have not devi- deviated one millimeter since I came out of that place. So I've actually done more in a leadership role in three years than I've done in 25 years before this. So I just absolutely have to thank Hoffman's contribution to this process because it simply would not have happened. I would not have written this book without Hoffman. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I was certainly glad to participate along with uh, one of our fellow teachers here, Connie Comstock, in your day on Compassionate Swedish Hospital in Seattle. And I was astounded to see um, several hundred healthcare practitioners, doctors, nurses, and so on, taking a day off to come and learn about the power of compassion in stimulating healing and you know, coming to peace with yourself. I think we first have to find a sense of self-compassion. It's easier to have empathy for others, but we find that self-compassion, then healing, it's a source of healing. Were you surprised at the uh, amount of interest that was generated, or did you know it was just waiting, waiting there to be tapped? Well, going back to earlier, earlier in the conversation, I mean, doctors want to do the right thing, and we get overloaded. It's hard to reach out when you're trying to survive yourself. So, you no, know, the interest was very high. The responses continued to stay high with lots of questions and follow-up of the process. The other thing about the whole mind-body syndrome is that the book is a pathway. It's not a formula. So what the pain psychologist kept telling me that I work with, she said, look, it's, it's you, it's not the process. And the process organizes your thinking in a way that you can connect with yourself. So I, for lots of reasons, am now more connected with me. It allows me to connect with the patient, and then the patient reconnects with themselves. It's like opening the door to a caged animal. Once they decide to get better, there's nothing you can do to stop them. It's unbelievable. So it's like an explosion takes place, and it may be a month or two or a year, but they will not stop. I mean, human beings want to thrive. They don't want to live caged in by chronic pain. So once they have the tools and the ability to get out of that cage, they are absolutely gone. That's fantastic. And you've been seeing so many people go into remission and go pain-free. It's, it's beautiful, and we're so glad that you joined us here today. And I want to remind our listeners to go to the website back hyphen in hyphen control.com and um, review the, the everything that you want to know uh, about what Dr. Hansen has been speaking of is in that is on that website it's a great place to start um, so thank you David and um, I have a couple of things I want to mention here one is that you know the Hoffman Institute is a non-profit 501c3 institute and a lot of what we do the real heart and soul of Hoffman depends on contributions from mostly from people who've done the program and we need your help to ensure the continuing work of Hoffman. If you're a Hoffman graduate you'll probably be getting a an email or a letter from us called the season of light. We urge you to open that and as the season of light approaches we invite everyone listening to align your resources, your outer resources with the aliveness that's in your heart and consider making a financial contribution to the Hoffman Institute this season. Uh, it allows us to continue making the process more and more available and really that experience of coming alive is available to each and every person and that's why we're here to bring that experience more broadly to anyone who's ready for it and um, if you go on our website you'll learn more about how uh, these monies are used but this is our annual fall fundraising campaign 
Season of Light, we urge you to participate with us. Thank you so much. Ed, any parting words here? Yeah, and if you want to find out more about the Hoffman process itself, of course, the information is also there on the website, hoffmaninstitute.org. And there's a free confidential call-in um, information call uh, every Tuesday afternoon at 5 o'clock Pacific time. Next week's guest, we're going to replay our show, Raz. Uh, is that right? It's with Ken Druck, yes. Uh, Ken Druck, Druck is a major has made a major impact on our culture on grief and what his title of his program is what good can come of grief and he really teaches people how to uh, recover from some of the worst tragedies imaginable and uh, he is compassion itself so i urge you to listen it's a great program dr ken druck what good can come of grief all our shows are available at our line at our website as well. So these are archived, and you can get more information. Or if you'd like to hear today's show again, HoffmanInstitute.org. Great show, Raz. Thanks very much. Love being on with you. Thank you, Ed, and thank you, David. Thank you, Dr. David Hanscom, for joining us today. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. Great. Thank you again for being a part of the Hoffman Connection. Please join your hosts, Raz and Grossi and Ed McLoone, again next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, make it an outstanding week.